0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Jane Urquhart. Welcome everybody to this Sunday morning. Um, What um, an incredible season that we're in. Um, Obviously with um, the Queen, passing, going to be with the Lord and us welcoming in um, a new king, King Charles. Um, When God had been speaking about a new era and new things to come and wow, um, God suddenly is hey. Um, This has all happened and we're we're in the midst of um, shift in the church, in the nation and the nations at this time. And I think God's timings are amazing. as we uh, as a church have been going through the book of Romans, we'd got to um, chapter 8 and um, and then had a break for the summer, but it's almost like we're m- moving now and shifting into uh, uh, another gear with looking at Romans 9, 10 and 11 over the next few weeks. And Paul writes the book of Romans. He writes to the Romans about the jewish people and about their attitude to the jewish people and that the gospel went to the jews first and he we touched on that in the earlier chapters of romans um, but 9 10 and 11 are really what romans is all about it's god's heart it's god's choosing of a people that he is going to move in and then move through for the messiah to come for the nations. So these chapters are uh, really important. And we're going to look at Romans 9 today and then 10 next week and then 11 after that. And then also through the autumn, be going through the Jewish Jesus book that our friend David Hofbrand wrote and going through that together on a Sunday evening for whoever can join us. Um, Yeah, that's going to be really, really key as well, running alongside these three chapters. So Let's look at um, Romans nine. Um, it's, it, what I, it's really interesting just reading um, the first few verses and Pastor Clive touched on these last week. Um, Romans nine, verse one, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Wow, what a heart for souls. He says, they are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed His glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them His law. He gave them the privilege of worshipping Him and receiving His wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are their ancestors and Christ Himself was an Israelite as far as His human nature is concerned. And He is God, the One who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. There is so much in these few verses and we're going to unpack them. But what you get here is Paul's heart for his people, for his brothers and sisters. He is an Israelite. He is a Jew. And when we've looked at everything that the previous chapters has talked about that God has done for people, all the amazing promises that we live in, where God judged sin, And I don't know if you remember that when Pastor Clive brought that word where God judged sin with Jesus on the cross. It was a powerful, powerful word. God's forgiveness of our sin. We have been made righteous by faith and we are free from law. Sin's power has been broken. We have life in the spirit. And we have adoption of sonship, being able to call Him Abba, Father. And all of this is for, was for the Jewish people as well as for us. But they didn't believe in Him. They didn't believe He was the Messiah when He came. He didn't look like the Messiah, how they thought He was supposed to look and be. And they missed it. They rejected Him. In chapter 8, verse 38, when Paul says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. His heart is breaking because His people don't believe in Jesus so they cannot live in that love he, he came to give them. This is God's heart for all people that don't know Him but His heart for the Jewish people that Paul had, it breaks because everything that Jesus came to give them, they're not living in because of unbelief. And I don't know about you, but I pray today that we would, by the Holy Spirit, grasp His heart, God's heart, for His people who are missing out on everything that He longs to give them, that that father-son relationship that is theirs in Jesus. Amen. I just want to look over some of the promises and the the covenants and the things that they were given so that we understand God's heart these people. They weren't just an instrument for him to work through. He loved this people. And in Deuteronomy 7, 6 and 7, God says to them, for you are a holy people. You belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you and he was keeping the oath he'd sworn to your ancestors. And that was Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. In Exodus 19, it says, Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God and God said to him, say this to the nation." I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. God manifests himself with the people of Israel in the the glory cloud. He walked with them, his presence was with them. He filled, his presence filled the temple. He made covenants with them. Promises to Moses, promises to David. Let's just read one of the ones he made to David, King David. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I've been with you forever wherever you have gone and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past. Starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, the Lord declares, he will make a house for you, this is to King David, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name and I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. And some can say, well we could say that is about Solomon who came after King David, who built the temple and lived for God. But also this is prophetic of his son Jesus coming, a dynasty of kings on the throne of David forever. God made covenant promises through Jeremiah and Ezekiel of changing the hearts of the people that they would one day respond to him, not just having to be obedient to him. There are over 350 promises concerning Jesus in the Old Testament that have all been fulfilled. God promised he would send their Messiah to them. And over 350 of those prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. Him coming to his people, him dying for them, his blood being shed for them, the sacrifice that took away their sin and shame was done for them and for all. Matthew 1 and Luke 3, both have genealogies. This is family lines written down. from Abraham to Jesus in the book of Matthew. And in Luke, it's from Adam to Jesus. So all the way down the family lines is this promise that the Messiah would come. And it's amazing that they documented uh, all of this um, to show that Jesus, when he was born, he was born King of the Jews. That's, that's what the, the wise men said when they came to King Herod. Where is this King born King of the Jews? We have seen His star. God even put it in the heavens that the Messiah had come for His people. He was born King of the Jews and He died King of the Jews. And over His head on the cross was written King of the Jews. And in Revelation 5.5, It calls Jesus the Lion of the tribe of Judah, which is one of the tribes of Israel, and the heir to David's throne. And that's the promise that God gave David way back in the book of Samuel. Jesus, born King of the Jews, died King of the Jews. In heaven, he's seen as the Lion of the tribe of the people of Judah, of Israel, of the Jewish people. Amazing. And he will sit on the throne of David forever. He is the heir. So all in all, this is a Jewish book (laughs) And and a Jewish story. God came for them. And Paul goes on to say, after all this, well then has God failed to fulfill his promises to Israel? And he says emphatically, no. And we're going to see more in chapters 10 and 11, how it's definitely a no. God has not failed them. His word has not failed them. Nothing's changed. That was their their history. They didn't believe in him, but there is more to come. And we're going to see that in chapters 10 and 11. But the rest of chapter 9 talks about God's choosing and how we as his creation can't question um, and he describes it as a potter with his clay. God created us, all people, like a potter making a pot. And it's not for the clay to say to the potter, "Why? how come you choose them and not us? That's not fair. And Paul addresses um, all of this is because of his mercy, of his mercy. He wasn't being restrictive in his choosing. God's rolling out a plan of salvation for all people. God chose Abraham and Sarah to birth the nation of Israel, this special people. Now, Abraham and Sarah couldn't have children, okay? They were beyond childbearing age. And um, Sarah said to Abraham, you sleep with the slave woman, Hagar, and have children that way. Maybe that's how God will fulfill his promise. So Hagar has Ishmael. And in Genesis 17 and 18, we see that um, Abraham says to God, well, you're going to fulfil, thank you, you're going to fulfil your promise through Ishmael, my son. And God says, no, I'm not going to fulfil it through him. I'm going to give you a son. Let's just read it. Genesis 18. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son. You will name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. Abraham and Sarah had a miracle baby, a child of promise. And we know that Abraham is honoured and Sarah is honoured for their faith. They believed God would do this and he did. God chose Isaac, not the firstborn, Ishmael, which was culturally what you did in those days. When Isaac went on to have sons, God again didn't choose the firstborn, Esau, he chose he chose Jacob because he had a plan for this, these, these people. Chapter nine, verse 14, I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. So God chooses a people out of his mercy and he chose us out of his mercy. It goes on to say, verse 23, the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. It's amazing, isn't it, that all of this, everything was given to the Jewish people, but then God's mercy turned towards the Gentiles, which he said right back at the beginning he would do. He said to Abraham, the blessing will be for the nations. And the different passages concerning Jesus, In Isaiah 49, he said, I will send you to the Jews, but not all, only for the Jews, but to the Gentiles also. God's mercy shifted. When the Jews rejected Jesus, the gospel came to us Gentile people. And out of his mercy, he has chosen us, chosen you and I. Concerning the Gentiles, verse 25, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people. And I will love those whom I did not love before. And again in Hosea, At the place where they were told, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. God's blessings that we've been reading about in the book of Romans, we as Gentiles, those who didn't believe in him, now believe and live in the full blessings and can call him Abba, Father, and live as his sons. And what does it go on to say in Romans 9? Concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. Israel's history of walking away from the Lord meant that they came under attack, under uh, dispersion, where they were taken away from the land. And this kept happening to them. The amount of times they've been overtaken and nearly destroyed because they chose not to walk with the Lord and not to believe in him. And even their modern history, they have been almost wiped out from the face of the earth because they are hated. And because they've walked away from the Lord, but God still loves them his heart is still toward them there is a remnant of israel that is um, choosing him and walking with him yeah his mercy and his heart is still toward them so verse 30 what does all this mean even though the gentiles were not trying to follow god's standards they were made right with god and it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. The word says they stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So the Lord was warning them that Jesus was gonna to come to Zion, the Messiah was going to come, but they wouldn't necessarily recognize him and it would cause them, cause them to fall as a people. But anyone who trusts in Him, that trusts that the Messiah is the Savior, will never be disgraced. And that is God's heart, that they would come to believe in Him. But they still cling to their laws that think that they might make them right to God. In the notes in Romans 9, it says the Jews had a worthy goal, to honour God. But they tried to achieve it the wrong way, by rigid and painstaking obedience to the law. Thus, some of them became more dedicated to the law than to God. They thought that if they kept the law, God would have to accept them as his people. But God cannot be controlled. The Jews did not see that their scriptures, the Old Testament, taught that salvation depended on faith, not on human effort. So the very rock that we stand on, Jesus Christ, our Savior, causes them to stumble. But God hasn't finished with them. Like it said, there's a remnant of Jews. There's a nation of Jews descended from Abraham but those who believe, that number is small, but it's growing and it's growing. And we are in days where that number is growing faster than ever. These are exciting days to be in. Romans 8:29. for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. And this is what he has given us, Gentiles. The mercy of God went beyond the Jewish people to us so that Jesus would have many brothers and sisters. And can you just see God's plan of salvation and love rolling out? that many, many, many would come to know him and be standing with him in glory one day. But his heart is still for the Jewish people. His promises cannot be broken. And we see this in Jeremiah 33, verse 23. The Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. He said, have you noticed what people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. They are sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation, but this is what the Lord says. I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. I would never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. This is God's heart. He, he always referred to uh, them as his wife, as he was their husband, or he was their father and they were his son, they were even his firstborn. He called them his firstborn child. And this is God's heart, that and mercy, that the gospel came to us as it was rejected by them. But we're coming first full circle in these days. And God promised that the gospel will come back to his people. I love this verse in Hosea 3. It says, For the sons of Israel will remain for many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, and without ephod or household idols. Afterward, the sons of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. That's Jesus. And they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. And I believe these are the days that we're in. Many, many people believe these are the days that we're in where this great harvest that we talk about that is going to come in is going to be a harvest of Jewish people returning to God, returning to the their word, to their scriptures, return, coming to faith in Jesus, returning to their land where God calls them home, where he's going to meet with them. And in these days, it's right that we understand the word of God concerning his mercy towards us, but then towards the Jewish people. We're going to be looking at this more, as I've said, in the autumn. And it's, it's right that we have our hearts right as well because we, and it talks about in chapter 11, that we've come into these promises for the Jewish people. We've come into this love and to this wonderful relationship with the Father. But that doesn't mean then that we we reject the Jewish people because God hasn't. And that we don't, Paul said, don't become proud and arrogant. And unfortunately, over many centuries, the church has been proud and arrogant towards Jewish people, but we are not to be. Let's get our hearts right in this season. That if there's any anti-Jewish sentiment or, or God, you know, they rejected you, so we reject them. Um, let's bring that before the Lord today and say, Father, if we have had any attitudes, wrong attitudes towards Jews, the Jewish people or Israel as a nation that you still love, Lord, forgive us wrong attitudes. If we've talked about them in a wrong way, if we've mocked them, if we've ridiculed them, if we've had anti Semitism in our hearts, anti Semitic spirit, attitudes, words, jokes, whatever. They've gone on, maybe from years ago when we were so ignorant. I was. Father, forgive us. Lord, cleanse our hearts in these days. May we have the attitude, your attitude and your heart towards your people that you still love and you are calling to yourself. Give us the heart of Paul that longs for them to be saved like we would long for anyone to be saved because they're your family members, Jesus. We want our family members to be saved and these are your family members that you long to see come into this relationship, come back to their family. So Father, I ask for a download, Holy Spirit, of your heart, of your passion, for your people in these days. A heart that breaks for them to come into all the fullness of the promises and blessings that we have in Jesus. Father, help us reach them with love, with your love with the yearning of your heart for them to come back to you. And Lord, lead us to them. We may not recognise them as being Jewish. They may not look different, (laughs) wearing all the black and all the rest of it. They just be normal people who have a Jewish background. It may have been hidden, they may not know, but you know, because you're calling them back to yourself in these days. Help us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, in this season how to love well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we give you the glory. We give you the glory for bringing us into this amazing, amazing relationship that we have with you, Lord. We give you the glory for your mercy for choosing us to be your brothers and sisters. We give you the glory, Lord, for having mercy on our souls. Help us to have mercy on others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So really looking forward to going through um, the book, The Jewish Jesus, with you. Um, We're starting on Sunday, the 25th in the evening. I think it's seven to eight. And we're gonna read two chapters of the book um, a week and then just get together on Zoom, just chat um, through what those chapters are saying. And it's such an easy book to read. It's it's got so many profound things in it to do with the Jewish people, Jewish Jesus, Israel, uh, and how that relates to the church in these days. Uh, there's so much in it. it. It is an easy read and going through it and asking any questions you might have will be, uh, I think you'll find really, really helpful to just get a, a better understanding of, of this whole subject that we, um, God wants us to have in this season. Bless you. See you there. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.